Welcome to Bonehead. Today's topic, I couldn't say haunted house earlier and ended up cursing. Once again, another shout out. I, I appreciate Brian. By, by the way, Brian Combs is ending, se- ending season one. How does he get to do a season? Why do we do this fucking thing every week and he gets to do Well, it? the reason we do it every week is we hope eventually people will discover the show. There's 230, and, I think this is 31 or 32. Well, thing, this will be 32. But but eventually, eventually. Why did we do seasons? Because, Joe, you see, we've had joy. We I had knew it. fun. Uh, I know. I was about we had remember. seasons in the sun. Four-eyed bastard beat me to it. Oh. But the stars we could reach were just starfish on the beach. And then you ate them, which is weird. You shouldn't mm. eat starfish. They're not real fish. Mm, I'd eat the one from Finding Nemo. Is you said that almost. You said that almost sexually. That was a little bit. Mm, yeah, yeah weird, isn't it? You weird. Welcome to Bonehead. <laughs> I don't know why people don't watch our show. You sexy starfish talker. Oh, thanks again for opening up your soda right as we were starting. What are you drinking there? Coke Zero. Zero. It's got electrolytes, which plants need. It does not have electrolytes. I have the Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar, actually. It's almost as good, James, as Dr. Pepper 10. Not quite, though. Oh, by the way, guys, we uh, we also probably need to uh, do another In Memoriam episode. Who oh, died? yeah. Uh, uh, the, guy, the guy. Oh, he's in everything. Nope. Nope. Uh, well, yes. Uh, oh, man. The guy from shit I want to say Dan Haggerty, but that's it, not Dan Haggerty. It's, it's something Haggerty. Uh, I no. know. Uh, we are no longer in a world where inter- entertainment weekly exists. Oh, did it die? It is dead. I read it all through the 90s. So did I. I didn't it was know how that. It, yeah, Mike Haggerty, by the way, is Mike Haggerty. God bless Mike Haggerty. He was a great actor. He was played the same role in everything. In everything, whether it be Friends, whether it be that Louis, <laughs> Louis show. Remember, he's Louis's friend. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't you be love to have that career where it's like, oh God, we need a blue collar clerk. Apparently, if you call Brian Doyle Murray, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've read this or heard this. He basically will say, "All right, you got this guy right here. This is what I'll do." And that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, they'll, they'll ask him to audition. He goes, "No, no, no. You know what I do? That's what I do. If you want it, I'll do it. That's it. Yeah, that's Brian Doyle Murray." i've read that or heard it i didn't know if it was yeah i've heard it i want to live in a world where it is true chad you call it same here any murray brother and they're just assholes but i don't think joel murray has that clout no (laughs) although i really liked him on mad men he was in god bless america oh god that's another good movie that's that's bobcat's best film that or world's greatest dad yeah yeah agreed all right all right we're gonna be talking about haunted haunted house movies Hainted house movies. This thing is hainted. By now, the way, I've got a question about that. Just the one? Well, one vaguely. Yeah. So we have, we as a species, have over time lived in all sorts of situations, right? Not me. I pretty much live in this basement. Well, but you get what I'm saying. So what oh, is it about this basement? What what is it about the evolution of of time that has made it haunted houses like castles? You see haunted castles, but sorry, I don't know what that was. Um, you never see. What the hell? I I have the hiccups evidently. Um, you never see like haunted caves. Why don't we have caveman ghosts haunting caves and stuff? Why why is that not a thing? 
Well, for one thing, that's dumb. <laughs> uh, now, oh, hold I'm on. Sorry. Don't, don't throw sorry. the James out with the placenta. Let's talk about this for a second. I, well, I, according I, to my dad, that's what happened. And I actually, they threw out the real baby. <laughs> this is the best part. Anyway, so, and my dad's Ray Coots. So, <laughs> moving right along. Now, let's talk about the haunted cave. I think this is James's metaphor to return to the womb, Chad. Yeah. It's not, but if that gets me a script writing deal, it is. I think it's just a metaphor about his obsession with his mother not hugging him a month. And by the way, there was a movie in 1959 called Beast from Haunted Cave. Oh, I'd watch but that. But it's about a beast. It's not about the cave itself. Or How do you know? Have you, have you, they have you, just concentrated on the beast. They didn't say shit about the cave the bastard came from. Have you seen beast from haunted cave James? i think actually i have what's I it have. about it's about a beast from a fucking haunted <laughs> cave. what kind uh, of chicken shit outfit do you well listen the brain that when it dies and about a brain that when it die hold on i'm gonna uh, I've actually never a won. group of gold thieves pull off a heist and flee into the snowy wilderness only to be pursued by a horrible spider-like monster yeah no ghosts yeah that's what i'm saying where's it why didn't they concentrate on the haunted cave yeah, they should have. I, in my mind, there should be a scene in it where they drive by the cave that the spider monster comes from, and there's a bunch of ghosts sitting there going, what about us? Like, they're picketing Ghost Union 472 or something. Look at us, look at us. Just, they shouldn't be ignored. You shouldn't ignore spirits, is all I'm saying. I don't. I drink them all the time. Yeah, they have opinions about that, too. <laughs> Alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Boy, this is dying deader in hell. Yeah. Well, boys, let's just roll off. So I, I've always, in my heart of hearts, wanted to make the best haunted house movie of all time. It probably already exists. What do you all think it is? So let's just name our best one of all time. Maybe not on your list. Oh what man, that's hard. God, yeah. What is it? Is it Poltergeist? Probably. No, you know it's not poltergeist for me i, I like poltergeist but poltergeist oh so well though I, I will always say well i will always say and it's not on my list today because i've mentioned it uh, i am listing on my list either uh, yeah. uh but uh i always was the house was was the best one for me the, so you're talking about 86 85 you're talking about the um house with william Katz. yeah and directed by Steve Miner. Sorry, yeah. I'm not looking it up. I'm trying to. I'm going through. I know. I, yeah, and I don't. I don't have. I, I didn't do research on it because I, I. I thought you know it was just too on the nose for me. No, it's fun. Um, I, I was introduced to House Two. Same thing with Ghoulies Two. So I always have a yeah, reference that's, to the sequels. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same here. But house is a better movie. House is a better movie, but just like you, and like with many of the classic movies in in, in cinema history, I was introduced to the sequel first, and so, then came went back and watched the first one. Poltergeist takes place in suburbia, and I guess yeah. I'll talk about it a little bit since it's. And I've what it shouldn't work. They moved no. the old haunted mansion into basically California suburbia, and it shouldn't work. It there's no reason for it to work. They're six feet away from their neighbors on either side. It looks just like all the new construction in Lexington that you see now, forty years later. Why does that movie work so well? I don't know if it's the family. I've tried to think about this because I watched the two sequels because I did a review for them for Scarefest just out of shits and giggles because they were removing them, I think, from HBO Max. And when you get on that list, he was like, shit, that's leaving away. And I thought, well, we had Gary 
uh, Sherman, who directed Poltergeist 3 on the show. And I know that he now tours talking about all the great mirror work. And it is fantastic. If you go back and look at it, a lot of the practical special effects in Poltergeist 3 really hold up. And a lot of the mirror work is awesome. But the movie's a turd. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yes. Turd. Poltergeist 2. I was like, well, I'll go see that one too. The other side. I remember him drinking the bottle of. That's, that image is still ingrained in my head. With the worm yeah. in it. And he yeah, it still creeps me out. Up and the monster attacks and whatnot. It's a cool sequence. I love Will Sampson as the Indian in it, who is the medicine man or what have you. I, the guy that played Kane when they was like, what, why are these ghosts under here? And then we find out that it was some sort of bullshit in the 1800s cult. And they all died down there. He died of cancer before the movie came out. So that, by the way, they bring him back for Poltergeist three. It's the go back and watch it. Either one of you get time. It's awful to stand in with a mask on. It's just awful. It doesn't work. It's horrible. But Poltergeist 2 isn't any better than Poltergeist 3, guys. It has the same family. And and, and God bless them. I'm pretty sure Craig T. Nelson and uh, What's-Her-Face are phoning it in. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure well, they can Pol- check. But well, in Poltergeist 2, when he drinks that, when he drinks the, the thing, him going through the motions creepy as hell at least i remember i haven't seen it in years it might not hold up i mean there's some sequences in it chad there's some great but they end up going into it's called the other side so they end up the whole fan family ends up on the other side in this kind of whatever it is on the way to the light and they bring them back through it's only about 88 minutes it makes no sense there's some cool scenes in it the only reason and it was a huge hit did you guys know it made like 80 million when it came out poltergeist 2 yes no i wonder there was a sequel to it I mean, the third one tanked, and by yeah. then Heather O'Rourke unfortunately passed away when, during the making of it, and that's the reason why we have such a <laughs> a weird third act in Poltergeist three. They just yeah. wouldn't there, and and they have the, to concentrate on other characters. And the rumors that swirled around her death when Poltergeist three oh, came out was awful. beyond creepy. And, and those movies, all if you, any of you are in the horror films, they've got the whole cursed films. They talk about Poltergeist. Gary Sherman's interviewed on that as well. I don't believe in curses. I don't believe in cursed films. It's just unfortunate. But why does Poltergeist work? You know, it's interesting that you don't believe in curses and you look the way you do. Yeah, I know. You know what it is? I believe in fucking genetics. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's as close as I could get to getting into if I had a head like that and it didn't hurt. Yeah, right, right, right. No, I mean, Poltergeist works honestly it's the imagery of it the clown choking the kid the guy ripping his face off but there's some good imagery in part two it's the i think i think the reason you go back to is the family and our friend laurel was on when we did live and she was talking about it's the month and i called it the mundane and she yelled at me but it wasn't what i meant i didn't mean the movie was mundane it's the mundane of them arguing about no i wouldn't do that you didn't do that they're arguing like a real couple I will say, and I will say this, the ending of Poltergeist may be one of the best endings I've seen in cinema history, where they're just going into the hotel, they're completely beat up from the day, <laughs> and then all they, they roll out the TV and put it outside and the door shuts, end movie. It also has one of the, if you, if you stop to think about it for a half a second, there's no curse, there's no nothing, and why it's only attacking this one little house is never explained. Yeah, because it, it's... Move the body, you move the tombstones, but you didn't move the bodies, and shit is blowing up everywhere, but it's only attacking this little the, house. the one house, yeah. 
I mean, don't maybe think maybe about this, it. maybe the cor- the corpse maybe those were the really angry corpses underneath their house, and every all the other ones were like, yeah, we're, we're fine. Well, Poltergeist too has the throwaway line: Kane led them down, and un- directly underneath their house is where everyone died. But if you look at the lot, it's six feet away. away. <laughs> it's this huge ass cave, Chad, that they have to go all the way down, get in the water. We're in California, by the way. <laughs> go through the water all the way. It's like it would have been down the street past the damn grade school. Yeah, no. Don't it, yeah, you know, I, and I know it's pretty damn good. Now it's not I I'm going to go ahead and use it as one of mine just because we just I just wonder what is your all's favorite. I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's probably one of the best. Yeah, honestly, my, it it's it was either Poltergeist or House, and I, it's just one of the Poltergeist never did it for me. I mean, I, I respect it now as an adult, but when I was a kid, it never did anything oh for me. God, I love that movie. Yeah, see, I was about to say Poltergeist was you know honestly, it, and mine is arguably that it's a haunted house. It's not haunted, or is it? It depends on who you want to believe, and I think that's and it's House on Haunted Hill, the original one with Vincent Price. Well, that's not haunted, or is it? Because at the end. Drunky McStagger says they're moving now. They're they'll come for you. So if you were in the theater, something fell on you at the end, yeah. of it, right? It was I mean, hot. I like it. I mean, it has Vincent Price, but uh, if you ask me to pick, I love the remake. reason I think I love that film is depending on which way you watch it. If you want to believe there's ghosts, there can be ghosts because of the way it ends. Or, but the the best thing about that movie to me is Vincent Price at the end. When he has spoiler, if you've never seen it, jump forward 30 seconds, but he's killed his wife. But he does that entire scene. He goes all face, you know, basically, he does the all face justice. I can't believe I've had to go through. I mean, it's, he plays it so well where you're like, I kind of feel sorry for that guy. He's been through a lot. He, now, admittedly, his wife was trying to kill him too. So yeah. it's kind of fair. But it's just, I love that movie. And I, I love the fact that it does play with this idea of, if you want to believe there's ghosts, that's it works for the film still. But the ghosts aren't what's evil. If there are ghosts in that film, they're just like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, we're just here. Because the true evil is the people. Yeah. Where do we go? Where do we go after? <laughs> Sorry. Well, well that, so, so you've 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 talked. Well, uh, go ahead, James. I was gonna say, well, you asked for what our favorite, and, and that one as a as a kid, as an adult, I, I caught it for the first time probably in 20 years well not 20 but probably in about 15 one night on sci-fi channel at four o'clock in the morning and i immediately stopped went well i gotta watch this yeah i hadn't seen it in so long but it's just so much fun and i can't imagine like that's what one i wish and i know it can't be done now because no theater is going to set up the props and all that stuff but i would have loved to see that when when everything actually fell on the audience when all this stuff happened uh, I, I would have loved to actually experience that. That would oh, yeah, be same here. I would have loved to see a movie in that in that style. Because okay. even 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 the 4D movies that you when you go to the amusement parks, I don't think hold a candle to what the William Castle experience would have been. Oh, not getting your your butt zapped. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was mine. Chad, James, who's next? Well, I'll, I'll go down because we we talked we talked about yeah, you will. Two, we yes, I will. Yes, uh, you we'll will. talk. Just play, some from ba- down just, under. just play some Barry Manilow and get me some oysters, man. Just bring out that saxophone, bitch. Uh, That's a reference to another show we did. Mr. Dixon, what a dick. Um, <laughs> a lot of dicks in your mouth right now, Chad. Dude. Isn't it? Them out. 
Um, so we talked about Poltergeist. We talked about House on Haunted Hill. We briefly talked about House One and Two. So let's talk about another classic. It's been over two. It's been two hundred and thirty-ish episodes since I brought it up. I need to talk about Ghost Fusion. Knew knew we were getting out of this without Sherman Helmsley coming up. I knew Sherman Helmsley. The ghost of Herman Herman Sherman Helmsley haunts me. Oh. Why can't Ghost Fever again? We, that's, that was in our How often I get episode. woke up at night by yeah, yeah. How often I get woke up episode. at night by somebody just screaming, Weezy! So that's our second episode, Wire Ghost Dicks, in which case we talked about if you if you're just now tuning in. <laughs> so we talked about that ghosts are oftentimes troublesome. You never have like, I've got this haunted house where he makes me a sandwich. Yeah, it never. Well, you never see the ghost do. like, oh, you're having guests come over. Let me here. I'll help you set the yeah. table. We do have that once. I'm sure there's more than once, but we have it at least once. If you're going to bring up Casper the Friendly Ghost, I'll I'm going to bring up Casper the Friendly Ghost. We had it once. How is he friendly? You ever think about that? Like, I think about that. He terrifies people, but he's like, Watching no, we're not friendly. Masturbates a little weirdo. Why is yeah. James's, James's yeah. nose? Is, it's just, what are you I thought James just collapsed and the camera went I'm up. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So here. talk about your, 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 uh, what is it again? Ghost fever. It is a terrible, terrible <laughs> I've got a fever and the only cure is ghosts. That completely Ghost bankrupt Sherman Helmsley. <laughs> Because he financed every moment of this piece. But of now shit. he did win his money back, right? Hey, did he? Yeah, I think so. I thought he was broken and he didn't get any money until he got amen. Well, that's the Lord. That's how the Lord works. You don't get nothing until you say amen. Yeah. No. So, well, Joe, while Joe looks that up, uh, it is a, well, it's credited as being to Lee Madden as the director. Uh, Lee Madden uh, actually wanted his name taken off this because he thought it was a piece of shit. Uh, so it's technically directed by Alan Smithy, but Lee Madden, I don't understand why he chose Ghost Fever, which, by the way, was his last movie that he directed. Why he decided to remove that, because his move, his uh, list of movies, Angel Unchained, A Night Creature, The Manhandlers, Hell's Angels, 69. Why did he choose Ghost Fever to be the one? I don't want credit for this film. I don't know. Um, the writer, guys, do you know who wrote this movie? No. By any chance. Oscar Brodney. He direct. He wrote Harvey. We just mentioned this earlier. The Glenn Miller story. The gal who took the West when hell breaks loose. He wrote all of these movies, um, uh, and a, a, a bunch of other ones. But he ended his writing career with Ghost Fever. <laughs> this movie killed everybody's career. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, by the way, he sued. Or maybe he just realized he could never top Ghost Fever. Like, he, what, what are you going to do next? He sued Wolf Schmidt, who was the film's distributor, and he's got, he was awarded between one and 1.8 million. Uh, but the actor doesn't know if they'll ever manage. He was trying to fight off bankruptcy in 1999 to collect from Schmidt, who was also filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> Poor bastard. Yeah. Oh, it's tragedy. I knew but he that, won the case. Yeah, I for, I forgot. But it also, I mean, it has it 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 has nobody but Joe Frazier and Pepper Martin are in it. Do you know who Pepper Martin is, Joe? No. Oh, you would if you looked him up. He's he was the bully in Superman two who beat up Clark Kent. Oh, I believe you. I'm just sitting here trying to figure out if he ever got his money. 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, but no, it's and it's basically these two uh, police officers are tasked with and uh, are tasked with handing an eviction notice to this house. And of course, they go in and the house is haunted and they're having to, to fight the ghost. At one point, the his partner, Luis uh, Benny, played mm-hmm. by Luis uh, Avalos, has to get into a boxing match with with the ghost. And then for some and not to spoil it, the only way you all can watch this movie is on YouTube. It doesn't exist. Uh, but for some reason, the ghost turns out to be a vampire. It makes no sense. The movie's terrible. The effects in it are awful. Even the sets look really bad. And this is 1986 bad. So if that tells you anything, uh, but I still hold a, it still holds a special place in my heart. Uh, and again, you can check it out on YouTube. It's the only place you can find ghost fever. Well, and by the way, Oscar Broadney, when he wrote it was 80. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, like I said, it, it, he was, he wrote for 80. when TV in the inception of TV, he was writing. He, he had not had a credit to his name since 70. The movie came yeah. out in 87. It was done in 85. Yeah. I would still like to know the story of why they hired this guy to write this movie. Uh, after his last film, 1000 convicts and a woman. <laughs> that was his last, that was from 1971. But yeah. But yeah, he's wrote a lot of, he wrote a lot of classic shit. And then he ended his life, not his life. Uh, by the way, he died in 2008 at age 100. Um, so, but Ghost Fever was the last movie he ever wrote. All right, James, Joe, whoever wants to go. James, go. I already All right, I'm going to do one. Once again, breaking away from film a little bit. I'm going to talk about. Probably- but the topic is haunted house movies. But yeah, because movies are getting us so many viewers at this point, we got to break it up somehow. And this actually we're, we're is, probably going to need to recast. This is actually a film Already that was interactive, movie. so it is a movie. It contains movies. This okay. uh, this was released as a game, but it was a point and click film. Um, people had been waiting for this because it was created by. Roberta Williams. Now, Roberta Williams is not going to mean anything probably to either of you, but Roberta Williams was one of the first female video game company owners. She owned Sierra Entertainment, which created King's Quest, Police Quest, basically every quest, but she always wanted to do a horror game. And so in 1995, she admitted she had been terrified by a film when she was younger. By the way, Joe, that film that terrified her uh-huh. was, um, oh, let me find it, uh, The Horrors of the Black Museum, which starred none other than Michael Go- Ga- Gow, yeah. Alfred, right. uh, and was directed by Arthur Crabtree. Anyway, terrified her at age four, but as she got older, she got back into horror. She loved Halloween. She loved Stephen King novels, and uh, especially Carrie and the Shining, and she loves uh, so she loves Stephen King, and she also really liked Edgar Allan Poe. And she cites King and Poe as the inspiration for the game that she made, Phantasmagoria. Oh, you it was know, also I'm... go ahead. It was filmed. It had a 550 page teleplay script. It was 95. Is that 95? Yes. Oh, yeah. So I always wanted to play it. I would see it at Walmart when I got my first computer in 95. It was out. I don't even think the new computer I got could still even play it. Uh, no, it was huge. It was seven discs, seven CDs. Yeah. It was yeah. huge at the time. I've never um, seen it. I need to. Get, I bet that's on YouTube. 
yeah, it, it was. So at the time, this is before video games were treated like films. It originally had a budget of $800,000. That was to film it, shoot it, blah, 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 edit, and then put in the interactive clicks and all that stuff. Yeah. That original budget was $800,000. That ballooned to $4.5 million, which at oh. the time was unheard of for a video game. Yeah. But Roberta Williams was a boss. I mean, she literally created an entire company. She was, I love the King's Quest game. Phantasmagoria, though, it's creepy as hell. The yeah. main character, you play uh, the woman. Uh, which it, her the character's name is Andrea Andrea Delane Ad, I'm sorry Adrian Delaney, uh, which was the actress was Victoria Morsell, uh, and her husband, who's a photographer, is Don Gordon, played by David Home. But basically, you buy this old mansion that was owned by kind of a vaudevillian 19th century, so late 1800s magician, and. She thinks, oh, I'm going to buy this old home. I'm a successful writer. It'll give me a new idea, and I'll do the story of this magician who had a lot of wives, but they all died naturally, or so everybody thinks. The game really gets underway when you discover that bricked up in a fireplace is a door to an old um, cathedral that was built into the house. Yeah. And it's all about the monster, or basically... You've, uh, she starts to realize he killed all his wives but then she sees a vision of him and he goes it wasn't me it was the demon you spend the rest of the game working through trying to solve this mystery trying to survive and there's some authentic creepy scenes in this as you have to wander around this house that you bought and try to solve the mystery but also avoid Mm -hmm. haunted elements of it you encounter his wives who all died under different ways one of the most gruesome scenes is one of his wives was obsessed with food she was kind of a, a foodie would be what we would say now and so to kill her she force fed or he force fed her through a funnel animal entrails james this is yes and and so you get to see that ghost and all that stuff so it's it's it is a an important thing in video games. It's also though because it was completely filmed, had a 550 uh, page again screenplay. If you've never seen Phantasmagoria, it had multiple endings. It got a sequel, but uh, Sierra Entertainment closed down shortly after it came out. That being said, to tell how huge it was, even though it ended up having a 4.5 million dollar budget, mm -hmm. the first weekend it was out, it made over 12 million dollars. Hmm. And again, this is before video games were bigger than movies. Phantasmagoria is an important haunted house film. And the fact that it's interactive makes it that much creepier. The only hmm. scene I remember about it is something to do with a mirror. And if, if you click the mirror too many times, something happens. And I just, it'll be burned into my head forever. So, an interactive film, Phantasmagoria, you probably find it on. on on, like Joe said, YouTube, if you just want to watch it, or you can probably go to something like greatoldgamesgog.com and buy it for $4. Yeah, I may watch it. the cutscene sometime. All right, my, I'm up, and I'm going to take you down a road, a road to 1966, to a movie that was not only terrifying, but it was shot on the old Universal backlot. 
Oh, Cat's Paul, that Star Trek episode where they find ghosts and whatnot. That's a good one. I actually like it. It is actually a good episode. Mm-hmm. People, that's people always episode. I always call yeah. it the Halloween episode. I can never. It, well, that's why. And Gene Roddenberry didn't like that, but this uh, the uh, uh, NBC told him, "No, you will have a Halloween episode." Yeah, so, yeah, and that and that's how I think of it when I see it. It's always like, "Oh, it's a spooky Star Trek Halloween episode." Yep. So, and this one had people who would come on to help i'm doing a james thomas intro or not chad <laughs> a little bit yep I know. <laughs> it was directed by the great alan rafkin who would go on to direct 20 30 years of fantastic television that's right i'm talking about the ghost of mr chicken it is a great movie i'm so complete honesty film. never seen it it's good stuff Oh man, it is seriously. It is. It is. You're going to find it hokey. You're not. A, you're not an and an Andy Griffith fan. So I no, but I, I'm not an Andy Griffith fan, but I've always loved Don Nod. So yeah, but and you would think I would I would watch that movie, but I've never gotten around to watching it. It's there one of those I, I have to watch it alone. And I'd rather watch Blu-ray, Chad. Whatever. I've got to watch that before I watch Gone with the Wind. If that tells you anything, Gone with the Wind is a really well made movie. It's one that if it's on, I will stop usually and watch it. I know it's bullshit. I know it's racist. I know, I know, I know. It's just really well made. So what I want to say real quick is about The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. Two things. One, it's my favorite Don Knotts film. It's the movie that he got right after he left. He got a deal with Universal when he left. Because as people forget, I think he won an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor for every season he was on The Andy Griffith Show, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, does that sound right, gentlemen? And then he won more for when he would come back and do the guest appearances. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that's one thing. The second thing is, is that movie is so quoted and talked about through other movies. And I swear to God, is it me, myself, and Irene where they scream out, that a boy, Luther? Yeah, Atta boy, Luther. Atta boy, Luther. That's straight out of the ghost of Mr. Chicken. I hear it all the time. And I swear, if you see somebody of a certain age, i.e. me, and you say that they're going to know what you're talking about. Absolutely. The third thing I'm going to talk really quick, because I think most of our most people have either seen it, unless you're Chad, or you've heard of it. It's a Don Knotts plays an idiot, yada, 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 always a scaredy chicken, has to go stay in this house that they believe is haunted. Well, he's a newsspaper reporter. He's a newspaper. Oh, he he Actually, a he's a typesetter. He's, he's the typesetter. Yeah, and, and he wants to be a reporter. He wants to be a reporter in a small town. But what the fine, the thing I find, and they finally added him on IMDb. I just checked a few minutes ago. He didn't always used to be on there. The story goes, told, as told by Andy Griffith, Andy Griffith is the one who did the unofficial rewrite on that movie. So... He didn't particularly want Don Knotts to leave. Don Knotts left the show because Andy told him when he got the show, he was only going to do it five years. And when his fifth year was coming up, he's like, well, I got to get a job. And he signed with Universal. This is how little, I guess they were talking back and forth. I don't know. They didn't, they, they did get along. They were friends. <clears throat> he invited Andy over and he and Andy spent the summer rewriting the ghost of Mr. Chicken. Both uncredited. Huh. And I, I don't know how much it improved it. I don't know how much better it is because they said the, Andy said the movie sucked before they rewrote it. I, I just, I have, I know it's hokey. I know that people don't quite now get Don Knotts humor, but I really love that movie. It is hokey, but it actually is kind of dark too. It's slightly dark, but it's, it's, I tried showing him my kid, he got bored. He, he, I my kids time. loved it. I had an easier time showing him the beast from 20,000 fathoms. Uh, my kids loved it, especially though what got him was that ending. 
Oh, he never made it to the ending. But you know the ending because it's oh it's it's because oh it's a murder mystery after all, and then all of a sudden the piano yeah. just starts to play. Yeah, and then you're oh okay never mind there is something going on. And it's shot on the Universal backlot. It just looks so cool. I, I I just I love that movie. Next, all right, I'm on. So we've been talking about class, uh, you know, classics, as in the fact that you know they had, it's been twenty plus years since any of these were made. Um, I'm going to go more modern and one that I think will eventually be considered a classic, um, if if it's not already headed that way, a ghost story. But by, uh, by David Lowry, starring Casey Affleck, Rune Amari. Um, you know, I've seen it. You ha- James, have you seen a ghost story? I haven't. It's on my to-do list with four thousand other ones, though. It yeah, it's it right is, behind honestly, hillbillies in a haunted house. Honestly, it's no. I've real, seen that. It's not very good. I've seen parts of it too. Yeah. What is it? Hillbillies in a haunted house. I want to see that Bowery movie. Boys, I think, right, James? Yes, I've seen it. Actually, uh, Riff Tracks riffed it for Halloween one year. Turner Classic Movies had it on one late one night, and I DVR'd it. But keep going. Yeah, I really want to see that movie. It's not the Bowery Boys. I was wrong. No, but um, oh, but it's some, it's some group. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, David Lowry is mostly known right now for uh, he did the, he's he did the Green Knight, which I still have to see. Uh, um, my, one of my favorite movies last year. Yeah, I really got to see that. He also he's done the Old Man and the Gun again. Another one I want to see. I've seen Peach Dragon out of his entire list. My least favorite. <laughs> Now, he did the remake of Pete's Dragon, right? Yeah, I'm assuming he's Pete's not there. He's not the real OG. He's the not, one. He's also doing their new Peter Pan movie. Yeah, because we need another one. Did they not watch our episode? They must yeah. not watch our episode. No, we're done with Peter Pan, people. You can stop. But no, a ghost unless story. you want us to write a version of it, in which case, you know what you need is another Peter Pan movie. Yeah, it's about a man who dies. He comes back to. He comes back as a ghost, and it's literally Casey Affleck in a big white sheet. Yeah. and how he's drawn to the house where he lived with the woman he loved and he can't leave it because that's where his that's where his his soul is fixated and it's just him living in this house um through that spans decades of you know his, his the, the love of his life being there then her leaving and then him not being able to follow her and it's and it's done completely silent there are no facial expressions because literally it is a white sheet covering his face. And it's mostly quiet up until the scenes where it takes place of people being in the, in the house. And a lot of, I don't want to ruin it for you two guys. Cause I want you all to experience it like I did. Um, but it, yeah, it is. It's just beautiful. It's tragic. Um, everything about it is amazing. Um, and I don't think it gets enough credit for what it is. It's only, and it's only an hour and a half and they cram as much as a heartbreaking moments you can into an hour and a half. So yeah, if you haven't seen ghost story, check it out. Um, again, it's just one of these modern ghost uh, haunted house ghost story movies that I think will eventually be considered a classic. So I don't want to say anymore because the two of the three boneheads haven't seen it. And I, I don't I, I, it. I, I'll tell you what, Chad, I'll try to watch it in the next week or two and do it for, uh, in fact, I think I need to do one for this Friday. All right. No person. James. James. You know, and, it's I'm not, talk- and it's not scary. Just point that out. It's not scary. But go ahead. Um, well, now real I'm quick, not- I did want to bring up w- one thing. Uh, do you know who directed Phantasmagoria, the video game? Mm-mm. Peter Maris. 
Okay. I know you're thinking the Peter Maris. Peter Maris directed uh, the cult film Delirium from 1979, mm-hmm. then Curse of the uh, Red Butterfly, then Land of Doom, then Terror Squad, then Viper, then Ministry of Vengeance. Uh, by the way, uh, Terror Squad in 1988 uh, was actually filmed in 87, stars the great Chuck Connors. Uh, that being said, Phantasmagoria is probably the thing he's best known for because his most recent film is Zombie Hunters from 2007 and please look that up because just talk about phantasmagoria no no i want i was gonna bring up the director because i figured you people always bring up directors and i and and i just could you gotta give peter Maris credit because his biggest hit is a video game uh he he also constantly uses billy drago apparently yes you're absolutely right chad good call he also a joke yeah favorite favorite line from lethal weapon 2 has been revoked no, it's two words. Diplomatic immunity. Yeah, uh, the that's another one of his movies. <laughs> yeah, oh, diplomatic. Immunity. I just did the second part of it. James, it's your pick, man. Go, go, anyway, go. Anyway, anyway, for my second pick, I, I consider this a haunted house film, and it's got actually one of my favorite scenes of the effect of somebody starting to see things they shouldn't see. I know a lot of people I'll probably get crap from the other boneheads for the theater. It, it, it was overshadowed, probably justifiably, by the sixth sense. But based on Matheson, Stir of Echoes. Stir of Echoes is a great haunted house, and the scene, people so if you've never room. seen it, his uh, Kevin Bacon plays the protagonist. He is put under by his weird sister-in-law, and she basically just says, "You need to be more, more open-minded." And he starts to see stuff. The scene that makes this movie work for me of, of how tormented you can be by seeing things in your own home is he starts to literally dig up his own house. Like he breaks through the floorboard. He starts to dig up the basement. He starts to, because he knows something is there. And the story itself is about, basically there is a spirit that is around his home that is looking for somebody to tell its story. Um, it died violently. The, 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 the human being behind the spirit died violently. I don't want to say much more because if you haven't seen it, you really should see Star Uh But yeah, it's one of Kevin Bacon's best performances. Yeah, it, it, because I it is. I can watch it because I, it's not that I hated it. It just never connected with me when I saw it. Now that you have a child, rewatch it. Because I might. I might. The, the opening of the film is the child is talking to, and he's looking directly at the camera, but he's in a bathtub. And all that. And he's like, oh, did this? And did you? And you're like, oh, who's this kid talking to? And then finally, the child, because the, the, it also has that great line that I love where, you know, uh, the, and I'm blanking on the actress's name. That's terrible. Um, but anyway, his wife goes to somebody and says, hey, my husband's, and goes, oh, he, he can see things now. He's, uh, there's others of us that can do that. And then they meet the son. And he goes, oh, your son has it too, except your son, he said, your, your husband's like a flashlight, your son's like a searchlight. He's, and so the beginning of the movie, though, he looks directly in the camera, and the last thing before the credits start is, did it hurt when you died? And then the credits start, and I'm like, God, mm, it's a great way. Uh, that being said, it is, it is really a great ghost story, because this ghost is tormenting him, 
but it's tormenting him because it wants its truth told. It wants people to know what happened. And so it's really this emotional story. It also has, you know, use, good use of uh, paint it black. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's David Kep as the director. It, it actually, David Kep does a great job of building suspense in this film because you just keep thinking, is he nuts? Is he... And then when it all starts to come together, his neighbors start to realize there's something up with him. And you think for a while they're treating him weird because he is being weird. But then you find out more about some of the neighbors, not all of them. And it just goes from there. And it is a uh, the, the interesting part is when the film ends. Spoiler, I won't tell what the end of the mystery is, but they're leaving. They, they're not staying in that house anymore and they're leaving but it cuts back to the little boy's point of view and he hears all the echoes as they drive down the road and he never gets away from them and he finally covers his ears and that's the last shot you see in the film that this kid doesn't matter if they move he never gets to escape the ghosts that he constantly sees and hears and feels around him it's it's a great film that looks at you know why would a ghost come back well if the ghost is being angry it's because something has happened to it which segues into because it's based on a novel by whom? Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson and Richard Matheson. Wrote, or Matt, as I like to call him. He, he doesn't know I call him that. He's dead. He doesn't know you knew anything. He's dead. Or but, is he here with me? His son, R.C., is also a good, good writer as well. So Richard Matheson wrote that and he wrote the best haunted house book of all time. I don't care. I don't care what they say about Sherlyn McClain. I, I don't know why I said Shirley McLean. Shirley McLean. Didn't she? Shirley that, Jackson's the lottery. I don't care that they, Shirley, ja I, Shirley Jackson is a great writer and The Haunting is a beautiful book, but I will take Richard Matheson's Hell House, which leads me to something I've talked about here on before, because if we're picking our favorites and not the best, I'm picking The Legend of Hell House. Right. <clears throat> you don't consider that one the best though? It's the movie, Richard Matheson said it before he died, and I agree with him, is that it has, well, he didn't say this. He said it's the movie, it's the one that that needs to be remade. Right. That could be updated. Yeah. That that it, 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 it absolutely wants could. to be updated. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because the problem with updating it and remaking it is that first of all, I don't know that that kind of haunted house picture works. Now you, there, there's probably some changes to be made. Second of all, that cast is fantastic. Chock full of great British character actors and Roddy fucking McDowell. One of my favorite actors of all time. Given one of his best performances. The Better than Lord love a duck. I do love more something. Guys, I ought to watch it. it I did watch it. We had a conversation. But I it shouldn't it. exist, should it? No, it's weird. How did it come out in the 60s, Chad? It would never get out today. No, yeah. All no that whole idea. scene with him watching his daughter try on sweaters. Yeah, it's bizarre. So bizarre. That whole scene is disturbing as hell. It's a disturbing movie. Yeah. And he's 34, 36, playing and 17, playing. 18. Yeah. And oh, really? oh. I love that movie. Anyway, I mean, just because it, it's it's a weird movie. Roddy McDowell, Gail Honeycutt, Pam Franklin, Clive Revel is the batshit crazy doctor is going to do anything he can to prove anyone wrong. And Michael Golf, as we were talking about before, uncredited as Emmerich Belasco, the man who haunts the house. The legend of 
Hell House. One of the greatest posters of all time. Basically, Hell House, this guy was there. He did X, Y, and Z, as you find out. I mean, awful sexual things. Loved the idea of, of psychic what what I'm looking for psychic uh, psychic psychic energy felt that he wanted to stay here for the rest of his life. People can go visit Hell House, but to stay in Hell House, it will murder you. It murdered almost the whole party before the the ones that go in. And this time, one of the guys who's played by Roddy McDowell is the only one that survived completely the last party that went in. But he wants the money. There's always about why would you go into this haunted house, which is probably one of the reasons why that's a reason why Insidious works so well that we've talked about. I know James and I've talked about is because your kid's hated. You can't yeah. you leave the house. You can't leave the kid. You love the kid. Well, maybe drop him off at the orphanage, which is another haunted house for me. Anyway, moving right along. Legend of Hell House. If you've never seen it, fantastic film from the 70s. It's directed by John Hoff. I can't don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. He would actually have a twofer for this movie was actually a pretty big hit in the 70s and it was followed by his next one was uh, dirty mary crazy larry it's the same director and roddy mcdowell is uh, has a whole uh, is has got a cameo in the opening as the man who owns the store the the grocery store that they rob is on credit it's the same director they're both big hits but uh, legend of hell house we've had a couple people talk about it when they've been on the show is it one of theirs and a release love richard matheson wrote the screenplay I would love to update it. I'll never get the chance, I'm sure, uh, but it, it begs to be updated, but I don't know that you'll ever get a better cast. All right, so I'm going to go next. Um, I want to talk about a movie. So I talked about Ghost Fever, which is a comedy horror done absolutely wrong, but I want to talk about a comedy horror film that was done absolutely right. Hot um, Honeymoon? <clears throat> No, no, that's not even, it's not even, is, there's not even a ghost involved in Haunted Honeymoon. I wanted to bring it up and I'm like, wait, no, there's no ghost. Oh, there is. It's the ghost of potential. Potential has <laughs> died on that yeah. film. Uh, no. Um, and I and love the cast. <laughs> it's such a good cast. But no, uh, and I, yeah, it's one of those movies that uh, I loved as a kid that I just can't get into now. So yeah, it's unfortunate. But no, um, what you know every now and then a movie comes along that really just grabs me like i think the last one that really grabbed me was in 2018 sorry to bother you um but 2014 gave me housebound oh you know that's oh, on several that's good. lists chad that's good is it? have you it's googled good. it it's it is that, no i haven't googled it it is it's on several of the lists because the legend of hell house and the is not on any list i can find oh really no no, the haunting is on a few, but you would be surprised how few the haunting is on. Wow. Also, don't you guys find that sad? I do, actually. Because I prefer the haunting movie. I actually prefer the movie over the book. Huh. No, uh, I really loved Housebound. It's a New Zealand film uh, uh, written and directed by Gerard Johnstone. Uh, stars Morgan, Morgana O'Reilly, Rima Tiwayata. I'm going to pronounce all these wrong names wrong. I apologize. Uh, I'm not even going to try on some of these other ones, uh, but no, it, Housebound is a great film. It's about a young woman who uh, is a criminal. She uh, she gets caught, I believe, robbing an ATM, and she has to go to court. And she is put under house arrest, and she has to move back in with her family, her from, from her childhood home. Um, and while she's under house arrest, all these crazy things start happening. 
in the house. And of course she's stuck there and has to figure out what's going on. And not only are there legitimately jump moments, but there are so many more laughs in this movie than there are horror scenes. <laughs> and then, and then I, I don't want to ruin this for people. If I, I don't, the problem is you can't talk a lot about that movie without giving away the twist. I know. And I don't want to give away the twist for the, for those viewers, those few listeners of ours who haven't seen it. Um, you what's a twist? What's a twist? And, <laughs> and if you look at the poster itself, it is one of the cooler posters in recent memory. And it's just a, it's a portrait of a family and there's a creepy guy wearing a, a, a sack over his head. Um, but no, um, this movie literally kept my attention from the moment it began to the moment it ended. It never stopped. There was never a down moment for me. Um, and I just could not stop it. And I've, I've watched it two or three times since then. I haven't watched it recently, believe it or not, which I, I'm surprised I need after doing research on the show, I've, I need to go back and rewatch this because I just realized I have forgotten so much about this film. I, I have it. too. I was sitting here. You were talking about going, man, I love that movie, but don't remember five things about it. Yeah, I remember being on the phone with you guys going, we got, you all got to check out House Ballad. It's amazing. Um, But no, that's all I want to talk about it. It's just, it's again, it's one of those that I hope eventually becomes a classic, even though we're we're 10 years, eight years out since it's been made. I don't think it's going to happen. Housebound, Housebound, check it out, guys. James, what do you got? I'm going to talk about a film that was was kind of big at the time, or, or at least got some attention at the time that a lot of people seem to have forgotten. But it's based on a work by someone that Stephen King referred to as, well, I'll just quote Stephen King. He was by no means literary, but his work had a raw urgency. His best novels, The Rats and the Fog, had the effect of Mike Tyson and his championship dates. No finesse, all crude power. Those books were bestsellers because many readers, including me, were just too horrified to put them down. Sadly, this author is no longer with us. He died in 2013 suddenly. And to my knowledge, actually, no cause of death has been released. However, Stephen King was the one that awarded him at the World Horror Convention the Grandmaster Award. That happened in 2010. And also in 2010, he became an officer of the Order of the British Empire. In other words, he was knighted. That would make him Sir James Herbert. Now, the film is from 1995. It stars Aidan Quinn, Kate Beckinsale, John Gilgood, and it is appropriately titled Haunted. Uh, if, you've never seen seen ha- if, you, if you've never seen Haunted, Haunted is set in 1928, and it's about an American professor who works at Oxford, and, and he basically is obsessed with debunking every ghost story ever. Every ghost. So he's a par- he's an early parapsychologist. They actually use the term. And he gets called to, he keeps getting these messages saying, hey, you should please come. Please come. This place is actually haunted. You, you'll, we need you to prove that we're not insane. All of this stuff. Well, he ends up going so, to this. Go ahead. They're ripping off Casper. Yeah, that's it, Chad. This book written by a horror author, you know, in the 80s was ripping off Casper. He Casper, finally, Casper was around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, the film version of Casper is the one that uses that plot device. Anyway, he decides to go. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know we were dealing we were dealing with a, a Casper comic historian. Are you saying I, ghosts can't read 
Harvey Harvey Comics. I read a lot of Harvey Comics. They also did the uh, Back to the Future comic. Adaption. Harvey. Anyway, he ends up going obviously because that would have been the best movie ever if he got called to the haunted house. He was like, "No, nah, I'm not going." And then the credits just roll. It's about five minutes long. Anyway, he actually goes and basically he finds out the lady that's <laughs> inviting them is this old nanny. And he meets the people she used to nanny for, and they're like, oh, she's she's not well, and she's um, the ghosts are actually due to her senility. And of course, one of them is played by Kate Beckinsale, who Aiden Quinn's character, David Ash, falls in love with, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they end that up... That falls into the big no shit category. <laughs> hold on. They end up uh, doing the nasty, and since this is set in 1928, it the is pasty. indeed the pasty. So they do the nasty and the pasty, but when he wakes up, the the very elegant room they were in is filled with dead leaves, and it's, the house is damaged and all that stuff. So he is understandably confused. So he goes and he finds Dr. Doyle, played by John Gilgood, and he says, this is what happened, and he goes, oh, no, no, those people are dead. <laughs> It goes back and forth. It starts to become this mystery and all this stuff. And eventually the nanny shows back up and tells a story that involves incest and a house burning down and all this stuff. And it ends up being a kind of twist at the end of what happens and what does it actually mean to be haunted and what can follow you when you are haunted. If you've never seen the movie, it's not great. It's got about an 80% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But if you've never seen it, check it out. Stephen King's summary of how he writes, I say it's fair. You're not going to watch this film and go, oh, that's deep. It's in depth. If you pick at it, it'll fall apart. But for sheer brutality of a plot device, it works really well. So if you've never seen Haunted with Aiden Quinn from 1995, directed by Lewis Gilbert. Uh, Joe, you want to say anything about Lewis Gilbert? No. Lewis Gilbert directed three James Bond films. That would be You Only Live Twice with Sean Connery. He's one of the few people that did Sean Connery and Roger Moore. The Spy Who Loved Me. And of course, the greatest James Bond in space film ever, Moonraker. Oh, shit. Fuck that up. Star Wars. <laughs> uh, he also did, though. He did direct uh, Alfie. Yes. That's a so good what's movie. it all about? That's a good movie. You ever see that, Alfie? It's a good picture. I actually even don't. I don't even mind. I don't even mind the remake. All right. So I guess that's been ours. Any honorable mentions? I'll start. Sinister is a pretty scary movie. Yeah. I like the, the the director of Sinister. I, I really enjoy. Scott Derrickson is is yeah. talented. Sometimes there's a miss, but uh, Sinister is a pretty scary movie. The yeah, sequel's almost not pointless, but talk uh, about Scott Derrickson mixes. Have you ever seen Doctor Strange? I will punch you in <laughs> your Doctor Strange. I uh, people tell me there's a new Doctor Strange movie, and I have now said three times I don't know what you're talking about, but I heard there's a new Sam Raimi picture. Raimi film. Yeah. By the way, the, I saw the best review of of the new Doctor Strange film, which I haven't got to see yet. There's a complicated story for why, because normally I would have went on opening night, but but somebody said, "Oh, good! Somebody finally said, here's a Marvel production budget. Here, Sam, go make you a movie." <laughs> and if that is the way that was done i, I should it's be apparently good. closer to the evil dead than it is spider-man man yeah. i've got i've got to see it now but, but i'm sure it's watered down 
So what about you all? The owl and the conjuring. I, I to get two recent ones, I, I really like the conjuring. And I, you know, my honorable mentions real quick, I'm not going to discuss them because we've talked about them in length again, house and house two, and then Beetlejuice. Yeah. I guess yeah. that is a haunted house movie. I never think of it that way, but it is. Yeah. You can't right. leave the house. Yeah. Just like a ghost. <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the ones I want to mention and, and I, it, I really do enjoy it. It's not technically a film though, but it is, it was, it was done as a mini series. Rose red. There's parts of Rose red. I really really love oh, the first two nights of rose red are fantastic in my memory i need to go back and watch them and that that and creepy as hell that one guy who who who's the empath who i mean there's see some, i need to go back and rewatch them too because i remember being completely bored by the first, the first thing it, is, the first it is almost stephen king's take on um the haunting of hell house it, that's exactly how it came about was he and, and spielberg were going to do the haunting and spielberg did end up producing the haunting with Yon the bond but and, and, and because Stephen King was supposed to be the screenwriter for Poltergeist and it didn't work out between them. And Stephen King has nothing but wonderful things to say about Spielberg. He's talking about being nice to Joe when he was a little boy. How he's just, his point is, if you're next to Steven Spielberg, he's a great big burning light. And you can't help but just his light will overshadow you. And they're both like they have their story to tell. And it just yeah. doesn't, putting them together doesn't work. So he went on to say, if there's something in, in Rose Red that you like, a lot of that comes from Spielberg. Like the house continuously, you can hear it building itself. Yeah. That's actually a Spielberg idea. What <laughs> I, stuff you don't like, that's me. And so he's been very magnanimous about it. I, I, just, I just think it's, but that third night falls off the rails. And that's another one where they had to rewrite the third one because the actor, one of their main actors died during production. Really? Yeah, yeah, David Duke. Not the racist book. Not the KKK guy. The guy that the guy that molested uh uh, uh what's your face on All in the Family. Um yes. Uh that's what that's the role he's people yeah. don't remember him for, but yeah, he's the bad guy in the movie and he died while they were making it. So it just the third it doesn't pull together very well. But it is uh if you've never seen it, you hey check it out. It has a it has a follow-up which is a back a, a prequel technically, right? The diary of Ellen um Rimbauer. Um but it is really there's scenes in it that I love. My you mentioned the empath. Uh so the people brought together to kind of quote unquote solve the mystery of this house or what's going on there is um my favorite of them is basically he's he's delayed adulthood because he lives with his mother she is just overbearing but he's always been trained to like when he sees things he can make them go away by saying you know it's not real it's not real it's not real and i love the scene where he opens up the refrigerator door and there's like just entrails and in my mind i haven't seen it in a while but i just remember blood and guts and gore and he literally goes this again <laughs> and he just not real not real and it all disappears and then he gets a drink or something i there's so much of that that there, i really there's liked. some great scenes in it it's also got julian sands yeah, Julian Sands. Uh, I mean, it's really great. Uh, Emily Dashnell uh, is in it. It's got a good cast. It's um, 
I haven't seen I, and I need to go back and rewatch. I need to pick up the diary of Ellen Rimbauer too and watch it. But I wanted to mention it's not a film. It was done as a miniseries. It's 255 minutes long if you watch it unedited. It was given a budget of $35 million though. So it's got, I mean, for a TV film, it's got some really good effects to it. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you've never seen it, check it out. Uh Stephen King has a cameo as a pizza delivery guy. Sure. All right. Anything else, gentlemen? I mean, there's a ton of haunted house movies, guys. For people who are listening, we're sorry if we missed a bunch of them. I mean, there's we could be here all night. We may do a part two of this because I mean, we didn't even talk about the haunting. We didn't talk about. I, I some people consider Salem's Lot a little bit of it because it's kind of the old. You know what I mean? I I just. I think it- Evil Dead is kind of considered a haunted house movie. Evil Dead is kind of a haunted house. Well, we didn't talk about, I mean, you could do an entire like Monster House. Yeah, Monster House is on a lot of the lists, which I find funny that Monster House is very good. I'm I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying Monster House is on there, but a lot of them leave off the haunting and the legend of Hell House. And we didn't look, don't look in the basement, you know, all those, all those great ones. Yeah. So anyway, well, this has been Bonehead Weekly. Almost said fun <laughs> Check out Haunted House Pictures. I don't know why I can't end the damn show. Check out our other episodes. Get your friends to subscribe, even if you hate it. Now, kids, there's a there's a part in uh, Huckleberry Finn that you need to you need to treat our show like where they oh, get God. tricked into seeing a terrible, <laughs> know, terrible Chad, show. Where I know where they get tricked into seeing a terrible, terrible show, but then the people who do the show goes. And that's the Royal Nunsuch. So you won't be the only people that had to suffer through it and feel dumb. Make, tell your friends how awesome it is so they'll come next week or come to the next show. Do the same with our show. Say, oh, no, it's great. Totally. You need to watch it. Subscribe before you watch it. That's fine. We, we'll take pity hits. We don't care anymore. All right. All right. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun. Uh, Bonehead Weekly Shit. This has been Bonehead Weekly, the Royal Nunsuch. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs>